Welcome to another episode of Good Morning Camera, the go-to show. Can I call it the go-to show, Anthony? Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> I feel like I can I say think, that. I think I think it is. We're we're gaining some momentum here. So yes, uh, yes, it's the go-to. <laughs> if you are into photography, if you're into content creation, this is a show that you definitely do not want to miss. It is all about the gear that we use, the gear that's coming out, maybe some speculation if we're feeling spicy. Uh, and we just kind of look at it. We bring our different experiences and perspectives, and you and I have a dialogue about it. My name is Gadgen. Uh, I am a content producer, a photographer, and work in marketing here. And I also have my compadre, uh, Anthony. Anthony, who is no slouch people, who does video, who does photo, and an audio savant. Okay, I've learned more about audio in my conversations with you, Anthony, than I have uh, many hours perusing the internet. So how, how are you doing today? How are you feeling about today's episode? You know, it's a tough world out there. You go down the rabbit holes, and uh, sometimes you just find people to reel you back into reality, right? And that's what uh, this show is kind of all about. We're, we're reeling content creators back into reality, talking mm. like the real deal on this uh, show. So, you know, it's good to be here. Pumped we got uh, some beef to dig up with uh, Netflix, but we'll save that for a little, <laughs> a little later. A little later. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. We're going to be talking about the Sony Alpha 1, the GFX100S, uh, uh, some interesting Netflix news, but first, we're going to start in the sky. We're going to start with the DJI Air 2S. This is a brand <laughs> new drone that they announced, and I'll be honest, Anthony, this went mm -hmm. under the radar for me. That, that's not a pun. That's not a flying pun at all. That's just, <laughs> Literally, this thing was apparently announced, and I, yeah. I completely missed it. So tell me about this drone. So this 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 drone is actually really impressive. So what and what really impresses me about this is the quality and the size. So this is actually a licensed required drone because it's over 250 grams, uh, but it's still fairly small. It weighs 595 grams, but it actually packs quite a punch. It's got a nice uh, little one inch sensor in there. It can do 5.4K at 24, 25, and 30 frames per second, and the footage actually looks really good because of the megabits per second uh, it can go up to 150 which is actually quite nice and what I did is I actually compared that to these uh, one of the more recent Sony RX100 cameras uh, and that does four, uh, 4k with 100 megabits per second so you're actually going to notice uh, a nice boost in dynamic range and just resolution compared to an RX100 camera so that gives people like a good idea as to what you're going to get Footage looks crispy. You get uh, 60 frames per second when in 4K, 20 megapixel photos, obstacle sensing in four, uh, four directions, and that's really handy for people like me. I crashed my Mavic Mini 2 into a bookshelf just a little while back and broke the leg off. <laughs> uh, and then you get uh, 31 minutes of flight time. So that's pretty comparable to the Mavic Mini 2 as well. So I'm looking at this thing, and it seems like a pretty sizable upgrade from the predecessor. Um, mm. is it, is it more upgrades in terms of the photo capabilities or the video capabilities you'd say, or is it, you know, pretty sizable on both fronts? Yeah, it's, uh, I'd say it's, it's kind of like they're, they're getting like more compressed, but like still maintaining like the higher image quality just all around. Right. So this is a pretty versatile camera. Uh, uh yeah, just like a one inch sensor. Uh, and then you're still maintaining the 5.4 K, but a smaller package. So, uh, I'd say it's just a really good all-around tool, and as long as you're willing to get that license to get it, because it is uh, over the 250 grams. Um, so if you're if you're 249 and below, no license required. Anything above that, 
um, is a license uh, license required drone. Yeah, you know, that sort of licensing, the whole story around flying mm-hmm. drones, especially internationally, um, it makes this a tricky genre to kind of play in, right? And and something yeah. you got to be careful about investing in as well. And I think because mm-hmm. of that, um, you know, for me, the, the interest in drones has kind of waned. I had the Mavic 2 mm-hmm. Pro. I took it with me overseas, shot some phenomenal footage. Um, mm-hmm. And then I realized that the amount of footage that I got versus how much was actually being used, a lot of that mm-hmm. could have been replaced by, you know, footage we could buy online, like stock footage or footage yeah, we can license other people to do. So I guess my question is, is a drone still a must-have accessory for creators? Is is the hype and energy still there or is this kind of, you know, overdone now? So for the average person, I would say no. Um, I don't think it's a must-have. Uh, but what I do think it does is, like, it kind of makes you a little bit more unique as a creator if you're willing to go get the license uh, and and have that kind of sit on your, like, creator resume. It's going to differentiate you from, like, somebody else uh, who's not willing to go get a license. Uh, because if you can fly a license, uh, fly a drone, uh, and especially, like, a high-quality, Quality drone that gets you something close to 6k uh, then that's going to make you a little bit more valuable as a creator so that's where i think it's not really necessary it's not a must-have but it does make you stand out a little bit more than it is ever and that, that's why i think it might be actually a better investment now than it has ever been that's a great point that's a great point i think if you are someone that enjoys aerial photography that enjoys uh well even the even the fun of flying i mean i won't lie it is fun to fly one of these (laughs) things uh i think that's a great thing you can be a real differentiator and having that license and opening yourself up to potential new gigs that you didn't think were possible uh even if it's in the real estate space or the scouting space i think there's some interesting opportunities great great point anthony you know what sometimes i come to the show i can only look at things through my lens and there you are to you know pull the curtain and and show me a whole new world listen i would love to talk more about drones but we got to move on we got to move on because you have a question for me <laughs> let's let's ditch the drone conversation as exciting as it is because i know you got your hands on the sony a1 and the gfx 100s and i know you were saying like a while back you're like i want to go to medium format and i'm thinking like the sony a1 it's a 50 megapixel camera does that fit the bill for you or are you still feeling like you need to bump it up to something like something just ridiculous like 100 megapixels so I've I've used the Sony Alpha One on a production and had a lot of fun using it. And now I'm just testing the GFX 100S and we have a production coming up that we're going to be really pushing it through its paces. But having played with this, even for doing some portraits at home, here's the thing. I personally, personally, I mean, this might seem like a cop out for some people because, hey, he's picking the 100 megapixel camera. I, I think it is it is more than that. You know, for someone Mm -hmm. like me that predominantly shoots uh, with APS-C cameras and gets the job done, going to something like medium format, there is this unique uh, micro contrast and depth that that sensor brings, especially when you pair it with their lenses, that it provides an even more noticeable leap in quality, you know, from that versus full frame and APS-C. Now, here's the thing. It's 100 megapixels, but it's spread across a much larger sensor, right? Something that's almost 70% larger than a full-frame sensor. True. So you're still getting very 
very good contrast, very good dynamic range, um, and a ton of resolving power. But what that 100 gives you is that when I go in and I shoot a, a medium tight portrait or even a tight portrait, I have mm -hmm. so many more crop options, right? Where mm -hmm. if I want to uh, play with the perspective a little bit, if, you know, here's another example. Say you're doing architecture or landscapes, right? And you want to, you know, pull the horizon and, and, and straighten an object, you still have tons of data to work with. Another mm -hmm. great benefit that I, I really am playing with and I'm going to try to execute in our production is that if you shoot a 16 by 9 landscape image, you know, that crop is still ridiculously high. Like I, I think it might be over 50 <laughs> megapixels for a yeah. landscape wide shot, right? Um, it gives you it gives you more versatility and like you don't know what the client is gonna end up doing with the image, especially for the work that you do, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's it, it's 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 almost like you're doing it for the client, not so much even though like the resolving power and like the camera is a nice camera and everything you're doing it for the client. So that way they can do more with whatever you give them. That's, that's I mean, what it is. Right. Yeah. And you know, for me, it's like, I'm, I'm always thinking about shoot for the editor and the editor is usually me, but you know, to yeah. give myself enough of the raw ingredients, enough options and the GFX 100 S just gets me more of that. Now with yeah. that said, um, you know, the, the, the Alpha 1 is no slouch. The Alpha 1, it, it <laughs> is a, crazy fast. It is crazy yeah. fast. And I, I think if I wasn't doing the type of shooting if I was in, you know, most of the time I'm, I'm shooting stuff that there's a lot of control. I control the light. I control the environment. I, I control the look, right? Mm -hmm. If I was in a, an environment where I had less control, events, weddings, uh, sports, the Alpha 1 would be the more practical option, right? Mm -hmm. And... and, and and one that you can rely on almost to almost to a fault. You might almost forget some of your photography skills because you can just turn on the autofocus, <laughs> point in the general direction, pair it with their, one of their G Master lenses, and you're done. And you're done. Yeah. So I really think, and I think this ties into your next question, right? I think you had a follow-up to this. Yeah, so I was thinking, like, is it just all about, like, speed? Or uh, who, who, where do you think, like, the these kind of cameras uh, kind of fall into? Like, which kind of category would you put them in? Is it just wedding photographers and sport photographers are going to go A1? Or yeah. is something like the GFX 100 viable in a space like that? You know, I, I really come, it come if, you, if you're platform agnostic, I'll say, say you don't care about the brands really, and you're looking yeah. at these two and you're like, I'm happy to learn whichever one. I just want to know what, which one is the best for me. I think mm -hmm. if your priority is portrait work, fashion work, commercial work, like really getting your content into, you know, marketing spaces, right? The mm -hmm. GFX is probably the way to go because more often than not, you were working in controlled environments and being able to have that 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 dynamic range and those large files and and ultimately options to work with mm -hmm. that will pay off in the long run. And then there's a bit of a Venn diagram and I think weddings is probably where that middle is where if you're a top tier wedding photographer, you know, you could take a GFX 100S <laughs> and maybe pair it with a yeah. speedier other camera um and have a really great offering depending on how you shoot. However, I will say that from weddings and moving into more dynamic environments, such as sports, such as events, um, the Alpha One, I mean, that it's called the Alpha One for a reason. I really feel like that's probably the camera 
that professionals should consider. And these are both professional options, right? I mean, these are not targeting yeah. hobbyists unless, you know, you're a dentist and you got money that you're trying to get rid of or, or you know, that, you're Heisenberg like here trying to launder some of your cash. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but really, it just comes back to the space that you're in. And, and quite simply, the less control you have over the environment, I think you, you will like that alpha one more, right? Because mm-hmm. that will pick up the slack. That will perform Makes for sense. you. If you have more control, if you are more of a director and everything is sort of predictable, the GFX 100S is going to reward you for that. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question, Anthony. For sure. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And uh, you know, I was curious about like the, the, the past GFX cameras. They were kind of slower cameras, right? So I was curious about some of like the autofocusing kind of things like that. So that, that makes sense. Amazing. Amazing. I'd love to talk about this. You know, I like to geek out over cameras. But first, we got to talk about Netflix because, uh, <laughs> I mean, they are by association in some hot water. This is this has been across Petapixel, across The Verge, a lot of notable sites here because the producers mm-hmm. of the show Love is Blind, and I believe the produ- production company is Kinetic Content, they reached out to a photographer about shooting images for their weddings. And it was going to be across five days, five weddings across five days that they would bring in this person to shoot all this content that would be used for promotional (laughs) material, for marketing material, uh, across magazines. And here's the kicker. There was no money involved. This would be um, a pro bono (laughs) kind of job. And you can see, listen, people can search this and they can, they can read the email, right? I think this is the, this is the thing. Um, I got to talk to you about this, Anthony, because this is not new to many creators. Uh, What's sort of your first impression out of this? (laughs) Like, Like when you're reading something like this, what are you thinking when a big production company from a very popular show is asking Mm -hmm. photographers uh, to shoot content for free? And this is not, this is not like a one day thing. The five weddings across five days. That's exactly the, that's exactly the highlight that I would, I would want to, you know, underscore highlight circle is five weddings across five days. <laughs> that's, that's so much work. And my initial thoughts were like, okay, like this is like, this is Netflix we're talking about. Like, um, you know, it's, it's a production company working with Netflix. Um, and they wouldn't ask somebody to shoot like a movie for free right so why are they cool with like hiring in air quotes a photographer and asking them to do it for free i was looking at netflix uh, on yahoo finance uh and they got over eight billion dollars on their balance sheet <laughs> and i know it takes a lot of money look at this look like at this a, nose to the <laughs> grindstone anthony giving us the reporting that we need to hear on the show <laughs> i know that it takes a lot of money to create movies but eight billion with a b billion dollars they got just sitting around in cash uh and i know they're thriving due to this pandemic because like what else is there to do but netflix and dominoes so like i i don't think it's un it's it's not like it's, it wouldn't be that much to just dish out like 10K, you know, to a wedding photographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, even that's not like a, a high rate for five weddings in five days. But like, come on, like that's that's my initial thoughts. Uh, and yeah. I could totally see an argument for the other side. But initial thoughts, I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I look at this headline and I think over time you get trained. And when I see Netflix does wants a free wedding photographer, 
I'm I'm thinking immediately from being a you know on the production side. Okay, is it Netflix or is it the the production company? And really, yeah, it's the production yeah. company. But here's the thing: when you put Netflix in the title of an article, it's gonna get more clicks. So yeah. I I venture to argue that the people at Netflix who produce content for a living know better. Um, yeah. And I, I'm really scrutinizing the production company here. But here's the thing, and. I think it's a give and take. I'm not saying that this is right. I'm saying that this is the reality that in many spaces, mm -hmm. companies will reach out because they know that there is someone willing to do it for free. Okay. Yeah. Is someone going to shoot five weddings for free? I, I don't know about that specifically, <laughs> but if I'm playing yeah. the odds, I think there is. I don't, I don't know how, the, how good the images may be, but I think there is. So I guess here's the thing. I think what kinetic uh, content here, what are, I think what they did was pretty disgusting, right? I mean, mm -hmm. to be associated with that level of production and expect someone to shoot, that, that is terrible. Yeah. The, the counter to this, and I guess this is a question, is there, should we write off any of these opportunities for free? <laughs> uh, is there a time where you should be more open-minded? Because I look at something like this, I'm like, all right, I definitely wouldn't do this for free. However, <laughs> yeah. if Netflix comes out and they say, hey, uh, we have a new movie, Scorsese's directing, we love mm -hmm. your images, uh, would you want to sh be on set for five days and shoot pictures for us? Mm. And I'd be like, well, what's the pay? Oh, there's no pay, but your image... For me, I'll be honest, Anthony, I'm saying yes. I'm saying <laughs> yeah. yes, because if there's an opportunity that I otherwise would not get, right, yeah. that I don't have the network to build, and that is truly exciting for me, that is enough for me. Now, again, I'm, this is a hypothetical situation, okay? I mean, if I have something else going on, I can't do it, right? But <laughs> I'd like yeah. to think that I, this is, this is an approach I had to a bunch of things throughout my career, but sometimes the opportunity itself is worth it. Am I crazy here? What are your thoughts? That's, that's exactly it. It comes down to access. And uh, uh, Jared Poland, he is all about this like all the time. Uh, sometimes it's not about like the money. It's about the shots that you could get. Uh, I would gladly shoot something for free if I thought the shots that I was going to be able to make could only happen if I was granted that access. And sometimes it is worth saying, you know, I will do that for free. And I'm also a huge believer in shooting for like nonprofit organizations. Uh, that's a great place to start because those people, they need photos to advertise their work mm -hmm. and they mm -hmm. often can't afford to hire somebody. Uh, but when we're talking about big productions like uh, and people who are working with with companies that are related to Netflix, like it's kind of a slap in the face. Uh, but I wouldn't write off working for free altogether. You just have to be really smart on how you actually uh, market yourself and don't just rely on an organization to give you photo credit. I don't think that's yeah. a good way to go about it. Yeah, I think it really just comes back to where you are in your career. And I, mm -hmm. I think there's always something for someone where they're willing to say, you know what, that is such a good opportunity or, or, or a good thing that I'd be willing to do that for free. I don't know 100%. how many weddings are like that. I mean, you know, <laughs> maybe if The Rock is getting married, uh, well, he got married, but maybe yeah. something like that. But I, again, yeah. I, it's it's one of those things where let's be careful not to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Sometimes these articles have a great way of riling us up and getting mad yeah. at the industry where in reality, it's more of a gray area. 
Anyways, I'd love to hear what you guys think. So please reach out to us on social, Henry's Camera. Let us know what you think and share your opinions with us. And some of the favorites or interesting ones, we'll be sure to share them with the audience as well. It's time mm -hmm. for my favorite part of the show, I think. I think this is the favorite <laughs> part of the show, okay? It is creator draft picks. And here we basically share once every two weeks, like the show, something that is making a profound impact in our creative journey or has made or continuing to make. Uh, it's something that maybe we got recently or had for a while. And this one, I'm surprised I didn't mention it sooner, Anthony. This one for me this week, I'm surprised I didn't talk about it sooner. It is the Epson SureColor P800 printer. Okay. Mm. Now this one is technically discontinued. They replaced it with a P700, which is That's much smaller thought, yeah. in size, even though it can print the same size paper uh, and has better magenta. But in all intents and purposes, this SureColor P800 printer, I was very reluctant to print my work like many creators. And often, you know, unless it was an album or for a client, outsource this stuff. But in 2020, I decided with the pandemic, I'm going to take some time for myself and figure out a print solution, okay? I wanted to uh, not only control how an image was shot of mine and edited, but how it mm -hmm. was outputted and shared and available for purchase even. So I, after some research, I went with the P800, and I gotta tell you, this thing is, is everything you'd want from a production quality printer. I can wirelessly send my prints over, it takes care of it, but the color reproduction, the ink management where it really preserves the ink. Here's the thing, for months at a time, sometimes I'd print things ahead of time and store them. The ink mm -hmm. levels don't just depreciate or vanish into thin air, like problems <laughs> I had with other printers. Um, it, it, ex <laughs> <laughs> it accepts uh, paper up to 13 inches wide. You can even attach a roller to it if you want to do some crazy long prints. I've been using this to print uh, prints for my print shop that I've been selling to other people. Not once have I gotten a complaint. We've done hundreds of prints, shipped them all over the world, and the ink holds. And I use uh, a paper that we sell at Henry's, the Moab Juniper uh, rag. And it, it, oh, that, combination, that, that combination with this printer, I absolutely love. There's easy maintenance options. I, listen, it's hard to get sexy about a printer, okay? It's hard to spice <laughs> it up, people. I know, I know. But for those of you listening that are considering a printer, that are considering printing your own work, um, I would take a, a long look at the P, I guess now, P700, and see if that mm -hmm. might be the right one for you. But enough of that. Anthony, what is your creator draft pick this week? Yeah, for sure. Let me just say printing is an art form, uh, definitely. And it takes a, it, it, it's not, it's not uh, something that you could just, you know, just whip up and you yeah. just make a you're suddenly got like a really nice quality print it is an art form and uh it exposes all of like the things that you're doing wrong in editing too so uh good good choice there uh all this talk about like wedding photography and like 100 megapixel cameras it kind of got me thinking about like the tools that would separate you from the pack as a photographer and uh nowadays i think it's super important to get into flash photography if you want to stand out as a photographer you need to control that light in the best way that you can do that and the thing that i use every single day i'm actually using it right now is the westcott 24 inch collapsible beauty dish this one is actually designed by the portrait photographer joel grimes and it is my go-to uh light modifier it's a quick easy setup it's not one of those like soft boxes that like requires you to attach a bunch of poles and slide them through like the fabric of the soft box you literally just like 
pull and pop this thing open and you're good to go. Uh, it comes in like a nice little travel case, which is fantastic. But I also think that the 24 inch beauty dish may be the most versatile soft box out there because you can remove the the white diffusion fabric uh, on the front uh, and you get like this nice like blend of like soft and kind of hard light and if you like back the light up a little bit then you get a little bit harder but I got this uh, light nice and close to me and it's it's quite soft so you can do so many cool things with like a 24 inch collapsible beauty dish like this and I bought this thing four years ago and it is mint I cannot mm. recommend this thing enough so that that's mine for sure well deserved the Westcott 24 inch beauty dish fantastic recommendation this is why you always look sharp when I give you a video call on zoom on teams <laughs> you always look great Anthony and that and listen no slouch four years <laughs> four years this is why you pay for the good stuff okay you don't yeah, want to buy things that are going to break and you know you order online and all of a sudden they break the second time you use them right yeah yeah i think this one i if i'm i'm gonna quickly just kind of look up the price here because i want to get this right but it is it's not the cheapest softbox uh, out there so um i'm just gonna pull this up here um, but any accountants listening will know when you take something like this and you throw yeah. it across four years uh, that cost goes down quite a bit relative to something that you might replace more often. Yeah, this thing is four oh nine ninety nine on Henry's mm -hmm. website right now, so it's not exactly cheap, but oh, well deserved. It's one of my favorite purchases that I've made, and you know, it costs uh, it hit the bank account back in the day, but uh, I mean, here it is four years later. So amazing, amazing. Thank you for that, and thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Good Morning Camera. If you're not already, if you're not already. Look, I'm getting too excited already. I'm, I'm already I'm already excited about this. Listen, if you're not already, please be sure to subscribe to the show, recommend us, share us online. And if you can, on iTunes, leave us a review because it helps other people find the show. As always, my name's Gadgen. His name's Anthony. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Take care, guys.